What masks does your character wear? How much control do you give a GM over your character's story? And would your character pick up a mysterious item, or would they leave it alone? Hello, friends. Welcome to Characters Without Stories, a TTRPG podcast about the roads not yet traveled. I'm Star. This episode, I'm joined by Jack, a Jewish trans man just trying to play and learn as many different games as he can so that he can write his own adventures and games. Jack, I'll give you a chance to plug your projects at the end, but right now, do you want to tell listeners a little bit about yourself? I'm really just trying my best to absorb as many games as I can and uh, see what kind of what kind of things are out there already. Yeah, that's great. Um, how long have you been playing TTRPGs? I started in 2012, started with Pathfinder Edition 1. I did two campaigns with that game, and then I took a break because I just couldn't find anyone to play with. And then recently, I found a Discord where people were playing online, and I've been enjoying that quite a bit. And I'll just give a plug that Discord server is called Titterpig Academy, and it's aimed at trying to teach people how to play non-D&D TTRPGs. Um, I've had a similar experience. It's been really great. And we actually got to play Troika together, which was a ton of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I want to bring Slug back. <laughs> Slug was awesome. So, Jack, who are you bringing to the table today? I'm going to bring you Shasta, who is a Pathfinder character. She technically is like two characters in one. Shasta is essentially the host for a god trapped within a mask. So a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the other character's name? Would you say within Shasta's head or, or that Shasta is hosting? His name is Alistair. And he's started out kind of contained within just the mask, but like her wearing the mask for so long, their uh, consciousnesses have kind of melded a little bit. It's interesting to me that you have two characters kind of living within the same body in a way, and that those characters are two different genders, right? Why is it that you made that particular choice? I think kind of... It goes into my own transness. I made this character before I had really come to grips and acknowledged that I am trans. I was still actively trying to convince myself that I was just a tomboy and there was nothing more. It was, that's it. Just, just a girl that really likes being called sir. <laughs> And I liked the idea that because people see a young girl and they have an immediate kind of like assumption of how she's going to be mm -hmm. and how to treat her and how to behave with her. But Shasta, psych, there is a chaotic God in play. And he definitely, I'm, I'm assuming, would throw people for the loop because I haven't actually gotten to play her yet. And you said that Alistair was originally confined to a mask? Yes. And Shasta would wear that mask like all of the time? Yeah. He ended up in the mask. He's kind of like a chaos god. 
in the sense of like Loki. And one day he pushed his pranks a little too far with his siblings and they were like, nah, we're done with you. <laughs> Trapped him in a mask, chucked him in the middle of the jungle and was like, you're done. <laughs> you stay there and think about what you did. <laughs> Is the backstory that Shasta found this mask in the jungle? Yeah, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but yeah. And he was just like, all right, you're my ride out of here. <laughs> so to get into that a little bit, and we don't have to tell the entire story at this point, what made Shasta decide to pick up this mask? And then what made her decide to put it on? Shasta didn't really have a choice. She was very vulnerable when she first met him. And he's charismatic. So it was it was hard for her to say no. And I don't think that she even understood that it might have been a choice that she could have made. So when he said, hey, put me on. I'm such a beautiful mask. It's I look great on you. She did. To be fair, she was also a child. So like unfair advantage on Alistair's part. How old is Shasta now? She's 21 now. They met about 10 years ago. Right. That's a long time. Yeah. That's why uh, I like to think that their consciousnesses have started to meld together, have started to like really intertwine because he can talk to her just inside her mind and he can see what she's thinking. And I like, I, I figure he spends enough time in there messing with her head, he might not always have control of that connection. And sometimes things might get a little bit messy. Is there a push and pull between them? As in one of them will kind of take the lead at certain points? Or is this a like a happy relationship between them? Yes, it definitely started out as more of like a, a more off balance power dynamic with him being more in charge. But as she's gotten older, it's turned more into like a brother sister kind of dynamic where like he might try to force his control and try to get her to do things. But she's gotten better at being able to fight him off or a lot of times their squabbles are dealt with just, you know, talking it through because they've spent so much time together. But it's definitely a lot gentler of a thing now than it used to be. Are either of them seeking to end this relationship? No. Hmm. I did almost get to play her. But in the very first session, the GM was immediately just like, you know, self-insert GM character, and we're going to separate these two. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, that's, that's not what I'm doing with this character. Please don't do that. And he didn't listen. So I just left the game. I think it's an important lesson to learn, especially for newer players, that no TTRPGs are better than bad TTRPGs. And it's yeah. very unfortunate that the Game Master felt the need to kind of take that agency from you as a player. Yeah, I didn't anticipate that being something that I would have to deal with with her and I think that might play a role into my hesitancy to use her again because like I could easily take her and put her into a different game she doesn't have to be a Pathfinder character but I I think I have a lot of emotional attachment to her and I don't want someone who doesn't understand what I want to do with her to kind of mess it up 
Right. I get that. So it's interesting. You were talking about presentation, how you present to the world, um, especially in the context of being trans. And I'm kind of curious, does the mask itself have a different kind of gender presentation? Does it look different from Shasta's face? Yes, it's a very masculine, boldly shaped mask. It has like a mustache and a beard and the shape is very square. Not exactly a square, but like square jaw, chiseled looking. It's not a feminine mask at all. And it's it's got bold colors. So like it's kind of I imagine it as like a like a steel base color with vibrant dark colors for the uh, details. Interesting. Would you say that people assume that Shasta is male because of this mask? I would say that if they couldn't see her body clearly, they might. But when they hear her speak, they would definitely have that disconnect of, wait a minute, that's not the voice I was expecting to hear. And because she's a monk, she does wear looser fitting clothing to uh, allow freedom of movement. And I'd like to think that uh, occasionally, just for fun, Alistair would speak for her because he is his voice is audible to people externally. I think if I got to play them, I would definitely have them pull that trick a few times. Does Shasta enjoy? Is she playful with that? Is Alistair, is he playful with this kind of relationship and their ability to present in different ways to the world? Yeah. The one thing that they both have in common is that they're both chaotic. She's more neutral, but in Pathfinder rules, they're both neutral. But she definitely leads towards the good and he leans towards evil. So they kind of cancel each other out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, basically. When she met him, she was chaotic good when he, and he was chaotic evil. And then just through 10 years of being stuck together. They've just canceled each other out. So tell me, what does Shasta look like? She's got dark brown hair for now because Shasta's an Asimar, which is basically the child of a human and an angel. Or at the very least, there's angel blood in there somewhere. As she levels up, I can give her like angelic flesh and you know stuff like that to change the way she looks but for right now she's got dark brown hair her skin is kind of leathery from being outside all the time because she doesn't she just wanders around and just like she doesn't actually have a home so she's always outside in the elements she's about five foot ish and she wears loose kind of flowy pants and a like linen I think would be uh would be the fabric and like a irony looking top, kind of like a blouse, but not quite. I intended to have her be no weapons fighter. She's got a pack of gear and that's about it. And I haven't thought about her face too much just because like Alistair is her face. So it's not apparent that she's Asimar. No. In her story, she was initially apparent to be Asimar. In that, like, when they have angelic blood, there's kind of like a... The way that I have always pictured Asimars, even the ones that don't have, like, the wings and the metal skin, I see them as looking a little too perfect to be a human, but, like, they, they don't look like an elf either. But I think with Alistair on her face, 
And, you know, she looks grungy and dirty, so no one really notices her now. Is she trying to hide that she's Asimar? I think she is, yeah. Why is that? Well, the start of her story is she wakes up in the middle of the forest with no memory. She's small, 10 years old-ish. And she's found by a remote village inside the forest. And they see her as being like the perfect offering to their god, who is Alistair, Mm. because of her being Asimar. And why is that? Why does that make her the perfect offering? So Alistair, like I said, was chaotic evil. And he was locked inside of a temple that's filled with traps and all kinds of stuff to prevent people from getting in there and getting him out. But he could project his mind out, you know, so like he could influence people who are close enough. And he's stuck there for generations. He's getting bored. And he decides, you know, makes a deal with this little town. You send people in here to get me. And if I think it's entertaining, I'll bless your crops for the next year. And he blesses their crops and they get this in their head of like, oh, she's she's this perfect, quote unquote, angel, complete opposite of our God. He'll really think it's funny watching her die going through the gauntlet. They prep her for it and they know that the closer she can get to him, the better the blessings are going to be because that's more entertainment for him, I guess. And they send her through and she partly by luck and partly because like they trained her a little bit, but she manages to get to him. Part of her being vulnerable when they meet is that, you know, she's tired, she's hurt, she's hungry, she's thirsty, she's been put through this trial. So she wasn't in any position to defend herself really at that point. She probably assumes that if humans know that she's Asimar, they're going to hurt her or take advantage of her again. So kind of hides it. Is this something that is based on her personal experiences or is it based on kind of societal norms it's based on her personal experience because that village used her the way that they did because of her being asimar she just assumes that's how all people are going to be would you say that she is distrustful in general of people yeah yeah i don't know if it's like stockholmish but at this point, she believes that Alistair is the only one who truly cares about her and truly has her back. Everybody else is like, we can hang out, but you don't get too close. It's interesting to me because there's a few different ways this could go in a campaign, right? There could be kind of a process of realization of how she may have been manipulated or used, and then kind of separating herself from Alistair, there could be kind of a self-actualization process where she is able to take control or to convince him to stop taking advantage of her. I know that the game hasn't been played yet, but did you have any particular character arc in mind? Just kind of based on how it made you feel to try and separate her from the mask, is that something you just didn't want to happen right then? Or is that something you didn't want to happen at all? I was hoping that through the process of a campaign, 
Alistair and Shasta themselves would come to the realization that their relationship, even though they might enjoy each other's presence and enjoy each other's company, it's not healthy and it's not beneficial for either of them. So I was hoping that eventually in the campaign, they would figure out how to release Alistair from the mask and separate that way. I wasn't okay with treating Alistair as if he was a evil parasite. Because I think about it in the way of he's been stuck by himself for hundreds of years. And he is the kind of person who really enjoys the attention and the praise of people. You know, he's a god and enjoys interacting with other gods, other people. So to be stuck there like that, unable to actually do anything, I think would have gotten to him. And as much as he wants to pretend that Shasta needs him, I think he needed her more than he wants to admit because they kind of develop a codependent relationship. So I would have liked to see them grow and realize that we can be separate and still be friends and we don't have to hurt each other to keep each other as friends like i don't have to manipulate you into being my friend you can just be my friend right the other big kind of hook or missing piece in shasta's backstory is how she ended up in this jungle by herself did you have an answer for that or is that something you were also hoping to discover during play I was hoping that that would be something discovered during play. I wrote her in a way that I felt would give the GM and other players opportunities to go somewhere with the fiction and to kind of entwine each other's stories, possibly, because I think that that kind of a dynamic where you can pull different characters stories into a convoluted kind of web of like oh we did know each other but like we forgot or so and so was the child that someone else saved from a fire and things like that like i think the storytelling possibilities in an rpg are really interesting i tend to like to leave holes in my backstory where things could be filled in by the gm or other players why did you choose the name Shasta and the name Alistair? I chose Shasta because I've just always thought it was cool. When I was a little kid, there was a brand of soda that was Shasta. And I just really loved saying that word. So, And then Alistair, I think, sounds it sounds cool, but it also sounds kind of fancy. And I feel like a god would be kind of fancy. <laughs> Right. What was the inspiration that led to you creating this character? What was kind of the spark that set it all off? The spark that set it off is I was bored because I don't have a game to play. And I was like, you know what? I'll just create a character for Pathfinder and have some fun that way. And I was thinking to myself, you know, how can I create a character that's got enough complexity and weirdness to give some drive to a story because you know a lot of times in traditional fantasy games it's kind of easy to fall into the trap of just going town to town and just fighting monsters and not really having a lot of big 
overarching story to help move you along. So I figured, you know, instead of making just a monk who's got nothing really exciting about them going on, how about I make a monk that people are going to see and be like, okay, I want to engage with that person because you look interesting. You've got you got something going on here. And I was remembering, you know, the movie The Mask. And I was like, you know, it'd be kind of interesting to do something with that. So I kind of played around with it for a bit. And initially, it was going to be a much darker relationship between the two where like she can't speak at all. And the mask is kind of like stuck to her face because of hooks and give him the ability to hurt her if she makes him mad. You know, I was I was considering doing that, but I realized, you know, I don't I don't want to play a character that that's that that's dark. Like I'm not that dark of a person and I definitely don't play characters that are really dark. As you've seen, I like to play <laughs> goofy guys who just are trying their best with what they've got. So I was like, you know, this might be a cool character for somebody else, but I definitely won't be able to keep this up because that's just not my personality at all. So I was like, okay, well, how can, because like I was still interested in this idea of a deity being stuck to a mortal. So I was like, okay, well, how can I make this more my flavor, more fun for me? And out came Shasta. Shasta doesn't sound like a particularly humorous or goofy character, just you know, just kind of on the surface level, how much humor or goofiness would you inject into play? I kind of have a bit of a dry sense of humor. I like to do deadpan a lot when I deliver my jokes. So with Shasta, I was intending a lot of the humor to come from their interactions with each other and the rest of the party observing it and not knowing what's going on because she's not going to tell them that Alistair is a god trapped in a mask. She's not going to acknowledge that. So as far as the party is concerned, she's wearing a mask and doing two different voices and talking to herself. Yeah, that could be difficult to explain. <laughs> That's also, I think, why I was so put off when the GM and that other game tried to first session split them up because it was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be just kind of like, wow, she's weird, <laughs> <laughs> but she can fight. <laughs> do you usually do character voices? And did you have plans for like two different kinds of voices for this character? I used to do character voices before I started transitioning. I'm still trying to learn how to do them now, but I did have a plan to do Shasta in one voice and Alistair in a different voice. But yeah, I can't quite do my Shasta voice anymore. So I think if I were to ever get to play her, I would just try to give them different accents maybe, or at least their pattern of speech be different. Right. Not to pry, but it has come up in a previous interview I did, which is that when um, you are trans and taking hormones, it can be really difficult to change your voice in the way you were once able to. Is that kind of part of your decision to change that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> I used to be able to like kind of pitch my voice up and talk from the front of my mouth and sound a lot more feminine but I've you know like I've been doing voice training 
my vocal cords are a lot thicker than they used to be and I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> Sometimes my voice will sound a little bit more feminine, but for the most part, it's definitely down in the more the deeper register. And if I try to if I try to push it, my voice cracks and it hurts. And it just doesn't sound good. <laughs> just to say to my audience, <laughs> it is okay not to do character voices. <laughs> Unless it's something that you yes. really enjoy doing. I don't personally do character voices all the time. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to happen. Yeah. The thing that I really like to do is giving them a different speech pattern. I feel like that's a really, it's a lot easier to do, I think, for people than, you know, trying to actually change the way your voice sounds. Why are Shasta and Alistair out adventuring in the world? And what is their aim? Alistair didn't, like, you know, spent hundreds of years cooped up in one spot and was like, okay, I got legs now. We're going to go see the world. Like, we're going to go do things. And Shasta just went along because she didn't want to go back to that village. I don't think that she was expecting them to do what they did to her. So she's like, nah, I'm not going back there. I'll go see the world. And now it's just, you know, they've been doing it for 10 years because she doesn't have a connection. Like she doesn't go somewhere and develop connections with people. So she's like, okay, he, he's ready to move on and go somewhere else. Fine. We'll go somewhere else because I'm not leaving anything behind. So does Shasta have any significant relationships besides her relationship with Alistair? No. That must be lonely. I'm hoping that in a campaign, she would develop some. Finding that found family. Yeah, I think that she is. I think that they're both lonely, but I don't think that they recognize that they're lonely. Would either of them pursue romantic relationships? I don't think Alistair would while he's stuck in the mask. And I don't think that Shasta has even considered it or thought about it. I think at this point, they're kind of, I'd say that Shasta is probably going to be demisexual slash demiromantic. Alistair, I think, is pan, but he's just, you know, he's stuck in a mask, so. Not a lot he can do there. Nobody wants to date a mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably doesn't have a lot of prospects. <laughs> Yeah, it's not good for him right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I would like to think that after they do their growing and split apart, that they would pursue relationships. But um, at this point in time, no. So Shasta is a monk. Can you explain what that means in the context of Pathfinder? Monks use key to do some special things, but for the most part, they are the typical martial artist kind of an idea of a monk that you would think of. There's like different paths, I guess. And the one that I picked for her, I believe, came from the Advanced Player's Guide, Monk of the Sacred Mountain. The Monk of the Sacred Mountain finds strength and power in the earth beneath his feet. Rather than spinning through the battlefield with the fluid motion of the river, he roots himself to the ground as immovable and unshakable as the stones of the mountain. What kind of abilities come with that? There's Iron Monk, which increases your toughness. It also gives you like a natural armor bonus, which in Pathfinder, there's like armor that you wear and the natural armor that you have because of like your race or stuff like that. So 
you know, increases your AC. So Pathfinder has like touch AC and then like normal hitting AC. And if it's touch, it ignores the armor that you're wearing. Pathfinder is chunky. <laughs> There's also like at level four, you get bastion stance. Like you can't be knocked down. Like you plant your feet and someone can charge at you or try to knock you down and you won't you won't fall. Iron limb. The one that I was excited for is called adamantine monk which is like your muscles and skin are so strong and so resilient that you gain a damage resistance and that just like increases as you level up like every three levels you get another point towards that damage resistance i was excited to see how monk really worked how did shasta learn how to be a monk was she trained by the village no she was trained by alistair and how did he do that taking over her mind and basically teaching her body <laughs> <laughs> muscle memory. <laughs> I think that after he taught her body, that's when he would have trained her mind. But yeah, you know, like they are a small child when they first leave. They definitely need to know how to defend themselves. And I think that he's like, obviously, she's going to start at level one. But depending on the GM I had, if I were to actually use her, one of the things I was open to was in situations where things are looking dire, letting the GM take control in the form of like Alistair taking control and doing things that she can't do. Because, you know, sometimes a GM thinks that their party can handle things that they can't handle and they don't <laughs> they don't want to TPK but they're not really sure how to backtrack. Yeah, there's an opportunity there to help out in dire straits. Yeah, a chance for them to to backpedal without looking like they're backpedaling. <laughs> what kind of special abilities might Alistair have? I was going to mostly leave that up to the GM because I know every GM would have their own preference. But since I haven't used them in my own headcanon for this character, he would very much be chaotic god, flinging fire, you know, changing the... It's like transmutation. You're standing on solid ground now, but oops, now you're standing in a pit of quicksand. Hmm. Kind of a thing. Because he's like, I wrote him as being a chaos god. I imagine that his powers would be things that would also be usable for pranks. <laughs> because that's how he got in trouble in the first place. It's <laughs> funny. It's interesting because the way you describe Shasta and her monk kind of path, it sounds like it's really all about, you know, being kind of solid and immovable. And then to have this god who is creating quicksand and playing pranks, it's, there are very different kind of approaches. Yeah, I like the contrast between the two of them. I didn't want them to be like, I wanted their personalities to really stand apart from each other because otherwise, what's the point? What kind of flaws does Shasta and Alistair have? Shasta's flaws are... Mostly that she is a quote-unquote people pleaser, specifically an Alistair pleaser. She doesn't stand up for herself, at least in the beginning, where they are right now. She doesn't stand up for herself hardly at all. Not in the sense that like he bullies her or pushes her around, but if he wants to go somewhere, she just is like, okay, we'll go. And for her to actually argue with him, 
It's usually about some kind of situation where he wants to go in there and be unhinged and just do whatever he wants. And she's like, no, we can't do that. We're going to get killed. We need to be careful. And what about Alistair? Alistair has got an overinflated ego. He's uh, quite certain that he is the coolest and nobody can tell him any different. Yeah, that sounds appropriate. He's also always right. <laughs> <laughs> Shasta and Alistair, do you think you're attractive? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at me. I'm so shiny. I glisten in the sun. I don't know. I haven't seen my face in 10 years, so maybe. Is it something that you care about? I don't think so. I mean, being pretty, it doesn't keep me safe or put food in my belly. I mean, I'm handsome. It, I don't know that it matters, but like you can't refute that I'm handsome. <laughs> Jack, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your character with us. Are there any projects or anything you'd like to share? Um, I have some projects, but they're not in the stage yet where I'm promoting them. I'm working on a game that's basically going to be along the lines of some bigger deities in the universe deciding that they need some new deities for a new planet that's just started to develop sentient life. So now those new deities need to figure out how to be a god. And all they've got to help them is a really old ratty manual. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out which game system would work best for it. But yeah, that's that's the only thing I'm really working on right now. You can find me on TikTok at StarMamaC. That's S-T-A-R-M-A-M-A-C. You can also listen on YouTube. Just search for Characters Without Stories or follow the link in the description. Thanks to all of you, my listeners. I now have over 1,000 downloads. I can't thank you enough. Help me keep the ball rolling by telling your friends and family about the podcast or by sharing it on social media. Most of my listeners come from word of mouth, so it makes a huge difference. I'm currently accepting submissions, particularly for non-D&D characters. So if you'd like to share your character, you can go to the submission form at characterswithoutstories.com. Thanks for listening, and may all your characters find their stories.